Welcome to the Not All Love and Light podcast. I'm your host, Romy Moreno, and today we have certified hypnotherapist, David Santana. Hello. How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you so much for joining me today. So we could talk a little bit about what hypnotherapy is and what the benefits are and what someone might be seeking a hypnotherapist for. Hypnotherapy is the practice that is used to get past the conscious mind to the subconscious and correct and make any sort of adjustments that will cause or have been causing trauma or any sort of ailments or any sort of phobias or any sort of um, anxieties, anything that we can trace back to fix and therefore see the results in today's life. And how would you go about that? Because people think hypnotherapy and they think back, like, look at this clock. You're getting very, very, very sleepy. <laughs> and that is not what it is because I've had sessions with you and it's not like that. Well, that's a great question. I get that all the time. Um, hypnosis and hypnotherapy have been around for quite some time. It has grown into what it is today. Um, great pioneers such as Erickson have set the mark set the bar a way of saying um, into what it is today. Of course, it's still growing. It's still progressing. It's still turning into what it is. It's basically just putting your guard down psychologically and mentally, just putting you in a state where you can start to freely be yourself, speak about your problems, maybe tap into the origin of what caused the problem without you even being aware or having a recollection of that. So then, therefore, we can address it, go in, fine-tune, make any sort of modifications, maybe see it from a, a, an adult's perspective, something that might have happened when you were a child, and therefore start to provoke the healing process. And is this something that you need to do in person or you could do hypnotherapy virtually? Well, I, I'm a bit old school in the, sense that, in the sense that I used to say I prefer face-to-face. But due to the things that have happened in our lifetime, I think differently now. I've had um, patients that have had session uh, remotely via, via Zoom or the different methods. Um, that worked just as well. Um, like I said, I thought more face-to-face, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's crazy how we evolved because even with my life coaching, when I initially started, I did it. I just wanted to be in the presence of the person, mm-hmm. but now most of my clients are virtually, which helps because I have clients all over the country, not Correct. just in Miami. Correct. Right. And I thought the same thing with Reiki. I am a Reiki master. So I've done distance Reiki to people all the way in Canada and it's so powerful, right? It's just, I guess, the intention and really being able to get into that subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. How did you get into this hypnotherapy? What was your hobby? Because I know you and you do, you've done so many things. You're, you're a jack of all trades, kind of like how I am. You're an artist, an amazing artist, Thank you. Um, musician. The, the list goes on. You make the best cafecito too. <laughs> but um, <laughs> how did you get into the hypnotherapy? Well, I was very young and um, my mother had um, ailments. Um, some that were being tended to by by a doctor, medication, and so forth. But then there were other things that were not. Maybe being left behind, overlooked by the regular doctor she was going to. She seeked help um, for, for her other aspects, other ailments. And 
we started seeing a hypnotherapist. That hypnotherapist took a liking to me because I had 101 questions. And I had already been looking into hypnotherapy, but on a smaller scale. How old were you at this time? Um, I think I must have been about 10, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. When I got older, I stayed in touch with him. And he always would tell me, when you get older, I'll teach you. And sure enough, when I turned of age, I went to him and he taught me how to how to do hypnotherapy, how to be his assistant. And that went on for a couple of years until then I got my own certification and I've been doing it ever since. There are some benefits to receive hypnotherapy. I know you mentioned your mom has some ailments. So what are some examples of sessions that you've been able to provide to people? Well, uh, from the medical aspect of it, for example, I've had people who suffer from high blood pressure, something as simple and as common as as it is nowadays. Uh, Medication may have it under control, but if the patient and doctor aren't working in teams, they will start to spiral out of control. Um, Most of the time it has to do with their diet, it has to do with their daily activities, but sometimes none of that points to the reason. Once they go into a session, they start, we start to work together to narrow down what could be causing this. It could be something as simple and as trivial, something that we've heard before, something maybe just trauma, anything that could be provoking that high blood pressure. So therefore, by addressing that, making little tweaks, little modifications, it's, it's almost like what I say, the domino effect. We do that, it pushes that first domino and everything starts to fall into place. Of course, I would never say stop taking medication, stop seeing your doctor, but you'll start to notice that you may start needing less medication or the doctor might start noticing an improvement and saying, you know, what's going on? What are you changing in your diet? What are you changing in your daily life? And little things start to point into that direction. And eventually, of course, then you take a decision whether you want to continue with either my sessions or with the doctor's um, prescribed methods or medication, you know, at that point. But that's that's just a small example. But it goes from that to mental as well, um, anxiety, OCD, you name it. Phobias too, procrastination, yes. not being able to stop a certain habit, habit changing, right? Of course. Yeah. Everything has a root, whether it's something you're eating, bad habits, or mental, or it could be something that we don't know of until we tap into it with hypnosis. Right. So it's like opening them up so they know exactly what the issue is in order for them to heal it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Because you could, for example, somebody that self-sabotages with food, Mm -hmm. they're trying to fill some type of void Mm -hmm. and then getting, you know, it's just the same type of work, just different modalities, right? Like getting to the root causes as to why it is that you're doing this to yourself, knowing that it's not benefiting you in any way. Correct. And then just going into the session and being able to open up that realization. Correct. And, and I like to point out that hypnotherapy versus other methods of therapy, the main thing that sets it apart is that I don't tell you or tell my patient what is wrong with you or what's causing this. We work together and you discover what's going on, what's causing it. It's a, it's a two-part, we work in teams, but I don't tell you. I guide you until we discover together. For the causing. self-realization. Exactly. It hits differently in the sense that the aha moment, 
induced. I cannot tell you an aha moment until you experience it for yourself. It's like trying to explain to someone what sugar tastes like. You can't until you experience it for yourself. And then that's the aha moment and the healing begins. After the hypnotherapy session, how is it that you continue to work with them and in what way? How many sessions do you feel like the person needs? Is it a one and done type of thing? Um, I believe that I don't want someone tied to me forever. <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> I believe in giving you everything I can to heal, to show you your way, to facilitate everything and have you go on your way. If you do ever need anything else, I'm always here. If you need as what we call like a little tune up here and there, I'm always here. Mm -hmm. Every reason has an amount of times or sessions, depends on, uh, depending on the person, depending on the severity. But I can't predict. Um, I, do, I do have an idea based on the years I've been doing this for that more or less like if someone wants to quit smoking, it's X amount of visits, give or take. Little things like phobias or things, it, it, it can root differently. Therefore, either being easier, therefore shorter amount of time, or more difficult, therefore and, more time. And it, it depends, too, on like what level of, of work the person has done, too, because they could have that aha moment and be like, okay, so maybe what I need to work on is my inner child, and then they start doing that work. Versus somebody who's never done any of this, and they don't even know what an inner child is. Or Correct. Also, a big, uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. It's also their habits. If they are the type of person that will meditate or do any sort of yoga or do anything on their own, that plays a big part. Right. Because it's easier for me to put into practice what I do and not have a resistance. And therefore, something that could have taken five sessions now it's going to take two sessions right help me help you correct <laughs> but i'm the same way when it comes to to my coaching clients the most that i'll work with them is a year because i mean how many years did it take you to get here you know a year could be good but i let them know i don't want them to be dependent on me i'm going to teach you everything you need in order for you to be able to you know, do life on your own. But if you need a tune-up, like you say, I'm here. But I, that's just a lot because I feel like uh, a lot of people, they want their clients to be dependent on them and go to them for every single question and every single anything that comes up, right? It's not really giving that person the freedom to make decisions on their own or tap into their selves and realize what it is that you actually want or you actually need. Correct. You're just going, you're living your life based on what somebody else is telling you all the time. It's not where to live. Yeah. At least I don't, that's not how I want my clients to live. No, no, I wouldn't want that for myself. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's because I've seen it and it, 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 people become so desperate and so reliant on someone and it's just covering one thing with another, one addiction with another. So now you're addicted to like working with your coach Right. And then you just you can't let them go. You feel like you cannot do life without them. That's not the goal. Well, unfortunately, human beings have that tendency when they find something they like, whether it's a song, uh, comfort food, whatever it is, they have a tendency to go back to that or wanting it nearby as a as a safety net. And I get it. Like I tell them, I'm not going away. I'm here. I'm always 
available, text me, email me, set a session, you name it. But my my way of thinking is exposing the cause, fixing it, there's no reason for you to have to go back to it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Through hypnotherapy, can you astral project? Yes. So first, let's say what astral projection is. And I, and I love that I'm able to have this conversation with you because we've talked for hours about this. <laughs> <laughs> so what exactly is astral projection? Okay. To make it as simple as possible, astral projecting is almost like if you were stepping away from your body, never losing that connection. That's a big fear people always ask. And going about either just moving around, moving to a different area in the physical plane, or going into other planes to fix issues or to learn or expand or have answers to your questions. Different dimensions, past lives. It can be, Mm -hmm. yes. Um, At first, it's... I discovered it accidentally. I was a kid that, even though I wasn't an only child, I was the youngest of my three siblings. And I grew up with a big age gap. So I played as an only child a lot. So I I drew, I had a lot of time to myself, and I had a lot of imagination. So I thought everyone could do that. And I meditated because I've been in martial arts pretty much my whole life. So it was a way of life. Um, just meditating and imagining or exploring different parts of my imagination, I thought. I would walk around my room. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm there sitting on one corner and walking around the room, seeing myself. And one day I told my mom, and it turns out that not everyone could do that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm just chilling here sitting as I'm walking around doing something else. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) But yeah, so then after, just like I was curious about hypnosis, I was curious about this and many other things, like you said before. Um, I started learning that there there, there was a name or a title to this. What was your mom's reaction when you told her? I was very fortunate to have the greatest mom. And I know a lot of people may may think that about theirs, but my mom was the greatest mom to me. She was very open, very spiritual person. Um, She never said, no, you're wrong or you're crazy, or you shouldn't do that. She actually was inquisitive and wanted to have me explore more and would ask me questions. And have you tried this? And have you thought of this? And how old were you at this point? Like 10, 11 again? No, this was younger. I was maybe about six or seven. But you yeah. were your own um, play, play date. <laughs> my own imaginary friend. <laughs> your own imaginary friend. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, so she would ask you questions. So then when did you realize that this was a thing? Okay. Internet was not a thing. I'm not that old, but it's it wasn't a thing. So I went to the public library a lot. And I discovered they had a whole section for what they called at that time New Age. And I just explored. I started reading books on it and seeing how A... It wasn't as odd and as remotely viewed as I thought at that moment. However, there's a lot of cultures that have it part of their normal way of being. A lot of um, religions that also include that or have a knowledge of it. And it just started making it seem to me that it's 
not as crazy as I thought it was. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of information. Of course, now even more so, which I'm so grateful for, and for future generations as well. I feel that it's being more known that like all the movies that they're making and a lot of the shows, it's like the all the Marvel movies, like yes, the multiverse, multiverse with um, going through the multiverse and all of that. That's real. Yeah, that really happens, and people might think you're crazy until you experience it. Because I've experienced it. You can't deny it. You just know. It's annoying that this really happened. The aha moment. The aha moment. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) So it could be scary because if you're going through different planes and different dimensions, you might see different creatures, different things that might not be there. Right? So to have somebody be an anchor when that's happening, it could be very essential to that process. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Hollywood it's got its pros and cons. Sometimes Hollywood, just for the entertainment value, may have real information, but spice it up with fictional information. And that is a step forward and a step backwards in the sense that you may be afraid of something that doesn't really exist because Hollywood said so, or at least got you thinking into that direction. Right, or the media. Or the media. Yeah, other people are like, I don't want to do mushrooms because I feel like I'm going to trip out and I'm going to see crazy shit and all of that. No. Yeah, it's like, it's like a... You're going to be fine. It's like a common question I get about astral project, projecting is, can I die? What if I get lost? What if I can't go back? And the answer is no, it cannot. That cannot happen. Many, many people have different names for it. But the most common one is the, called the silver cord, and that's basically what ties you to, to your, your body. body. Mm-hmm. It cannot be broken unless something causes it to break, but not the astral projecting. Right. So, yeah, it's it doesn't have a limit, so you can go as far as you want. It retracts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if you're trying to go out this way, there's no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah. Tell me about an experience that you had that you were just like, wow, this is so cool. Like Because to, to get to that astral projection, based on conversations we had, you've just been chilling in the middle of the street and you see shit, which is not common for people. Like You really have to be in a very altered state in order to get there. Yes, I, it, that's true. I think that the reason why is because I've been practicing my way of life, meditating, and all the different factors that make me who I am as a regular way of life. The more you do that, it's like a conditioning. It's like a singer. A singer that's been singing for 30 years versus one that's been singing for one year. It's not the same. And the same thing goes with this. You learn, you enjoy every step of the way, you grow spiritually. It's not about, I know it's cliche, but it's not about where you're going, but how you're getting there. It's enjoy it. It's not something you're going to go through again the same way. Once you're there, then you start to condition yourself. It's like meditating. To me, people tell me, I don't, I can't meditate. And I'm thinking, how can you not? I go into meditation at a drop of a hat. I don't need much. Well, you've been doing it since you're seven years old, David. Exactly. <laughs> because when I started meditating, it was very, very hard for me. And, and sometimes it could still be hard for me because of the whole ADHD thing and depending where I'm at, I'm just trying so hard to be present. 
And sometimes it's just sitting there in silence and breathing and that's it. Yeah. Regardless of where my mind goes. Yeah. So, but practicing and doing it over and over again and showing up and making it a consistent routine does help a lot. So you doing that since you're seven years old, that's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. It's it's saved my life many times. Um, I've, been, I've gone through trauma in my life, and I always revert back to that. And I, it's almost like a self-healing. Um, I know it's it's weird to say it like this, but like in those um, pit stops where those car races, while they like after X amount of laps, you have to pull in, have your tires changed, fuel up. And then you're back into the race. That's how I look at it. Every once in a while, I need to go into that pit stop, self-heal, and continue. Tell me about an experience that you had that you were even blown away by. I've been asked that before, and I love it because it's it was that aha moment for me. Like I said, I would I would meditate, play around in my own mind, in my own room. No big deal. My mom asked me one time, she said, can you go anywhere? And I said, I don't know, maybe. So she's like, okay, let's try something. Because my mom had that side to her where she was um, inquisitive along with me. So it was almost like a game. And I've always approached that as a game in my own mind of like, what if I push the envelope a little bit more? Or what if I try this instead? Will things change? So she asked me to, she said, have you ever been to the neighbor's house? I said, no, her neighbor was her friend. And um, she told me, she goes, when you're meditating, Instead of staying in your room, go into the neighbor's house and see what's going on. See what her house looks like. That's terrible. What if you would have walked in <laughs> something? You shouldn't even watch Well, me. I was meditating and it was late night, so late was, night I'm being. Oh my god. It was an older, older woman. She was sleeping. <laughs> I would assume by that time. So I went in and I just you know, walked around, no big deal. It was like gathering information. I looked around, took a little a little scenic route and came back home. Next morning, my mom tells me, and she jotted down everything I told her. Little things that I noticed. Like if she had a certain uh, knickknack on here, or the furniture was laid out this way, or certain color scheme, and she didn't say yes or no. So then my mom went to the neighbor with me, knocked on her door, and just went in you know, to talk to her friend. And to my surprise, it was exactly the way I had seen it. Wow. So that to me was my aha moment. And I said, okay, this is not some crazy kid's mind. Imagination. It's yeah, not. it's real. Yeah. That's really cool. I want to do that. Teach me your ways. <laughs> <laughs> How many sessions? <laughs> not that many. It's not really. It's, it's like hypnotherapy. Okay. It's um, just guiding you. And that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, because I've, I've gone through, you know, during sound healing alone, you could go to different planes as well. And, of course, when you do different psychedelics, of course, right? But I would love to try just doing it through hypnotherapy. It's another way. It's another tool. There's many roads to the same place, and this is one of those. That's why I love it, because it's not exclusive to anyone or to a method. It's a way to everyone. What would you recommend if somebody's scared to try something like this? Hypnotherapy or... Because the people have fear. They think that, you know, just pretty much like anything, they might discover something that they won't come back from. Well, my first session with any, any patient is to, first of all, get rid of any sort of doubts, answer all questions. 
Um, I do little little experiments with them while they're awake, just to show them how the body reacts and the mind reacts to hypnosis. Um, answering questions also helps out a lot. The fact that everything that happens during those sessions stays between us is a big is a big deal. Where if something comes up that they don't want their spouse to know or they don't want anyone else to know, or it might be something they weren't even aware that had happened in their life, it stays between us. I'm not going to tell anyone. I don't even write it down. It stays between us. Um, that also makes it easier because I cannot have any sort of resistance in order for you to get full benefit of the session. Same thing goes with astral projecting, you name it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You have to be open to, to receive. It's like if you go to a sound healing session and you're just, I don't feel anything. I didn't go in. It, you, you have to set the expectations aside. Correct. The ego aside, the personalities aside, and just allow yourself to receive whatever healing it is meant to happen. Because mm -hmm. I feel even with the hypnotherapy, whatever your spirit guides or whoever your ancestors are, whatever feel it is that you're ready for, is what you're going to receive. Of course. And then that's where it's like a door that we go into and, and we help out that way. It does open up the floodgates, that mm -hmm. I do say. Mm -hmm. You may get some sort of, let's say, inspiration. And that inspiration will trickle on a normal lifespan every so often. But if, as you open yourself up, whether through meditation, hypnosis, whatever method, it opens up that floodgate. You'll start getting more inspired. You'll start getting more ideas. You'll start having better dreams or more lucid dreams, which also is called for the um, astral projecting. Lucid dreaming is so cool. Yeah. That moment you realize I'm dreaming and I can do anything. It, it does. It, it's amazing. It's and amazing. I've been having like such, I've been having issues dreaming until recently. I've started dreaming more. But for a while I was not dreaming and it was very annoying because that's my escape. When I realize I'm lucid dreaming and I could just lie <laughs> or go somewhere or see somebody that, you know, you haven't seen in a very long time and have conversations with them or people visiting you in your dreams. That's really cool. Well, now imagine that same experience, but guided. If you want to go to a particular place, see a particular person or have a particular experience, that's what I do. I can guide you to getting to that point. Instead of just having the dream at random, this would be more controlled in the sense of the guiding. Your experience obviously cannot be controlled in the sense of what you see, what you experience, but I can definitely guide you to getting to that experience. Right. That's awesome. It's really cool. So what do you feel are some benefits to astral projecting? Okay, it's along the same path as hypnosis, but more on your own in the sense that Hypnosis, I guide you to getting to that point of origins, and I almost like provoke you to tap into certain things that have happened in your life. So it's a little bit more guided with astral projecting. Once I get you there, it's almost like pressing play in that particular movie in your life, and you start to live it or you start to experience it. The benefits that come from it, it's, there's no measure to what could come from it from spiritual growth 
to health benefits, you name it. It's like, again, a floodgate that you tap into. You gain knowledge, but everything else happens around you, too. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So the benefits get even better. Get even There's more of the experience that you have every time. So if, if let's say, in a normal circumstance, it would take a couple of years to gain a certain uh, an amount of knowledge or experience, spiritually speaking. With this, it could be just one or two times that you do astral projecting. You'll gain so much more. It's, it's, it's limitless to how much you could bring back and apply to your regular life. Again, it's like that, that pit stop. You may not even know you need that. So with hypnosis, you may discover it slowly. Here, you're discovering so much more all at once. Even though it has a lot of similarities, there's differences as well. Um, what I do is there's a difference. The way I guide you is different. But to you or any patient that may, may get uh, the sessions, you'll notice how, how enriching it is and how even exhausting you come back and it's almost like you've done so much in such a short amount of time, but you're happy and you're exhausted and you're relaxed all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. How long are these sessions usually? Hypnosis sessions um, can vary. I would say a good amount of time is about an hour um, with astral projecting. It's hard to say. I would say about an hour to give yourself enough time to tap in and just explore. The more you do it, it's it's a tricky question in the sense that the more you do it, the less time you need to get to where you have to go and to gain what you need to gain. But the more time you want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be like DMT in and out. Ten minutes. You, you, you'll go in, get whatever it is you need from it, and you can come out. But there's a part of you that loves it there and want to stay there longer. That's how I felt when I did DMT. I did DMT finally like two weeks ago. And it was the most beautiful experience that I've ever experienced. I just, I didn't, I wanted to live there. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so quiet and so peaceful and so beautiful. And the whole experience was very spiritual too. I met the light creatures. Okay. And... I felt very connected to them, and we were working together in a very spiritual way. And the whole experience was just like 12 minutes. But I came back, and I was mind-blown of how amazing that experience was in such a short amount of time. If we could do that with the astral projecting, 15 minutes. <laughs> of course. And get there, of get course. there, get there, in and out. We just have to that remember that, that time is something of this plane. Right. What we know of time as minutes, hours, days, months, years, is something that is governing or guiding us in this plane that doesn't apply anywhere else. Right. So something that would take, like you said, 12 minutes may have been a lifelong or experience. It felt like, it felt like a lifetime. <laughs> it felt like a lifetime. And the benefits, too. There's no way on this plane that you could have achieved so much in 12 minutes. No, I could tell you this. A couple of days leading up to that session that I did, I had really bad cramping pain like in my womb for days. And one of the things that the light creatures did, they got on top of me and they were just clearing that area, mm-hmm. completely clearing it, clearing it, clearing it. 
like I felt the energy being pulled out of me, kind of they were doing a Reiki session on me, right? Then they opened my heart. They opened my heart. I felt my heart opening. And I, after the, the session, I didn't feel the pain anymore. But I didn't want to say anything because I wasn't sure if this is just like me being, oh my God. <laughs> so I waited until the next day and yes, the pain was gone. It was completely gone, which was amazing part of the experience as well. It was physical. It physically healed me. Is that why you originally did the session? No, I did it because I wanted to try DMT. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad that I did it. It was great. It was very, I went into it in a very meditative process. Mm -hmm. I had blindfolds on. It was just incredible. It was amazing. 10-10, recommend. That's great. That's great. <laughs> it's like with astral projecting. Um, the majority of people that come to me for that is out of curiosity. And because of that, they start getting healing from grief. They didn't put two and two together. They didn't think that would help. But they noticed afterwards that it either reduced or just disappeared, like your pain. Or um, fears and phobias, the same. Things that they thought were just part of them are no longer there. Um, there's really no explanation. Um, the way it works is very different for everyone. Is very, it's very unique experience. So I learn from every session. I'm a spectator along with you in your journey. I'm learning. I'm trying to see things through your eyes and, and learn. Everyone learns from everyone's experiences. So it's almost like I am your biggest advocate cheering you on because I want to see what's going on. I want to see what, what leads to that and what happens. And then when, when my patients reach out to me and tell me, um, I stopped smoking. I didn't know this would happen. No one does. Meaning after astral projecting. With a hypnosis session, of course, that's the whole point of being there. But with um, astral projecting, they will have a session and things will start to correct themselves. They didn't know that could happen. So it's not like they, they had set it in their mind. It's something that just happened. It's almost like putting fuel in your car and the little light telling you that you're low fuel just goes off. You weren't thinking of that, but it just happened because of it. It's a cause and effect. So they, when they come back to me and they tell me, my relationship with my kids is 100 times better. I didn't know this was going to happen. And neither did I. Right. Because I can't predict what's going to happen in your life. Everybody's journey is different. And we all have different needs and different things might come up during these sessions. Of course. And that's why I would advise anybody, if you're feeling pulled or called to try something whether it's going to a yoga class or whether it's trying hypnotherapy or whether it's a certain plant medicine, you're being pulled and called for a reason, right? So definitely give it a try, whatever it is that you're feeling called to, regardless if you have fear, because I feel a lot of people hold back because they're scared. They're scared of what might come up. They're scared of what's going to happen. They're scared they might never come back. <laughs> so definitely, if you feel like you're being pulled or called to something, 
explore that because it could just be as simple as your spirit guides guiding you in that direction to explore something that you need healing from. Correct. And and what I always advise is the spirit guides or anyone that's trying to tap into your 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 life and, and maybe give you a sign, we're so involved with our daily life, our stress, our, our struggles, and either A, we're so blocked off that we don't see it, we don't get the message, or that just you don't even acknowledge the fact that there is a sign in front of you. So meditating again, any any of these methods will start to help you not only realize there's more out there, but also help you quiet down the daily buzz that distracts you from those signs. And and I and I completely agree. We we're not just one person on this earth. There's many ways of calling it. We have the whole um, spirit guides. Some people call them guardian angels, whatever it is you want to call it. Ancestors, you name it. Every culture has different ways of calling it. You do have an army behind you, protecting you, guiding you, showing you the way, steering you. Yeah, it's, it, you'll start noticing a bunch of different synchronicities. And, and I just laugh like those memes that say your spirit guide sending you signs and you're just so blocked off. You're ignoring them. You need to sign your sign. <laughs> it could be something as simple as meeting a person. That's not a coincidence. If you don't have those guards up and you're in tune, it's almost like you'll start to identify why. For example, like two weeks ago, I had so far at Omemine. It's a music event that they have live artists. So I'm on my way there. And in the car, I get this inspiration that I tell myself, I'm going to go to Nashville next year. I don't know when or how or how I'm going to plan this, but I want to go to Nashville next year. I've been to Nashville, but it was a different experience. I want to go again. As I'm driving to Omemine, the first artist that performed was from Nashville and she she told me, I told her, I was just staying in the car. I want to go to Nashville. She goes, you could definitely just stay with me. That would be so cool, right? She's an artist, all the things that she would do. But what are the odds for me to have that thought before I get to Omen Vine with this artist in Miami from Nashville? Correct. So what's in Nashville for me? Next chapter. Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, maybe. But so those are just signs that you see, right? You never know who you're going to meet that's going to put you in alignment or on a path of something that's going to open you up to something greater. Yeah. Like I give an example all the time. I was driving to, I think it was Boca, to a workshop. And as I'm driving, I see a guy sitting at a bus stop. I promise I don't normally talk to strangers. I don't pick up strangers. Yeah, you're, you're not like that at all. I see this guy standing or sitting at the bus stop and something inside of me encouraged me or nudged me to asking, asking him where he's going. Good thing I was alone. I literally stopped in front of him, rolled the window down and asked him, where are you going? And he said... Oh, no, thanks. I, I, I can't take a ride. It's, I'm going too far. I go, where are you going? He said, Boca. I go, where? 
turns out he was going to the same workshop I was going to. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> did you? Did he hitch a ride? Of course. I gave him a ride, and, and he saw that we were going to the same place. Now, what else can you call that? There's no coincidence. There isn't. No. It's impossible. No. I had never asked that to any stranger before, and I have never asked that to any stranger after. It just it was that at that moment, I had that calling to, or almost like a like a nudge, to look at him and say, "Let me ask him where he's going." Something as simple as that. And who who was going to say that we were going to the same place? Right. How was that conversation going up there? Are you guys still in touch? Actually, not. Um, I kind of lost touch with him for a while. Um, I do. I, I have seen him occasionally in other workshops, but I'll, I, I've always wanted to reminisce and say, like, hey, remember that one time? <laughs> that one time in bank camp. <laughs> so, David, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Well, I do have a website. It's going to be available. Uh, I'll post it. Uh, I do have uh, social media where I can be reached. What's your handle? So it's DS, like David Santana, but just DS Hypnotherapist. For my Instagram, it's DS Hypnotherapist. The website is um, hypnotherapymindset.com. And you also recently started your YouTube channel. I did. With meditations. Yes. So definitely check that out. What's your YouTube channel? I would just do a search um, for my name, David F. Santana, hypnotherapist, and there you go. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, remember to leave a review, subscribe, and share it with someone who you feel might need it. And remember, guys, it's not all love and light.